As Matt said, I'm going to read the Bible this morning. So can you put your hand up if you don't have a Bible? And I am reading from John 11. And it's not telling me what page it's on. On my electronic version, it's just in front of me. But John 11, verse 17. 953. Page 953. Feel like we get the bingo. 953. Doing something much more important. We're going to read the Bible. So will you read with me? John 11, verses 17. Oh, the teacher in me is really struggling. I refrained from the, the poor grammar. But I hear voices when I'm trying to talk and that really bothers me. So let's go. John eleven seventeen. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who comes into the world. Having said this, she went back and called to her sister Mary saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. As soon as Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw that Mary got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to cry there. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? he asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, bound hand and foot with linen strips and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. Hi there, everyone. It is fantastic to see you here today. My name is Adrian. 
Welcome to Northmead Anglican Church. Welcome to our resurrection celebration. Uh, it's a fantastic day that you can be here. We're so glad. Welcome guests. Welcome members. Uh, it's awesome that we can be here together studying what it means that Jesus has risen from the dead and he has the power of resurrection. Uh, do you know a, a minister and a taxi driver died and uh, they both went to heaven. Taxi driver is shown to his new place in the new creation and it is enormous. It is luxurious. It is amazing. It's, it's massive. It's perfect. Spectacular. And the taxi driver is super impressed and really grateful and thankful. The minister is shown to his place and it is small and pokey and rough. It's a little shack. And the minister's a little surprised and he sees the taxi driver's place, sees his place and he asks, well, are you sure this is right? After all the ministry that I've done... And he gets told, well, yeah, that's true. But during your sermons, everyone slept. When the taxi driver drove, everyone prayed. <laughs> I'll tell you this morning, I'm going to try and keep this one short and sweet, so it's only a little nap that you're going to have. But I'll tell you what, if there was ever a topic that is worthy of our attention, if ever there was something you should be listening to, it's how we can defeat death and live forever? How can we have life that lasts, life that is full of joy, life even after death? How can we go to heaven? So let me lead us in prayer now and ask God to help us hear what he is saying to us in his word today. So let's pray together. Our gracious heavenly father, thank you so much for Easter and the celebration, the time we get together and thank you for gathering us here now to hear you speak your mighty word that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Help us to believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're thinking today about the resurrection and the power that Jesus has to conquer the grave and to defeat death and to bring eternal life. And you know what? Jesus says something quite extraordinary about death. When Jesus tells his disciples that their friend Lazarus has died, in verse 11, just before this, the passage we had read, he'd said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Lazarus has died, but Jesus says he's fallen asleep. How can he compare something so terrible and tragic as death with something so good and brief and temporary like having a nap? I mean, the recent floods up in the north of New South Wales have been devastating, haven't they? I mean, it's phenomenal. So much rain and so much water and so much destruction and even death. It's been terrible. But imagine someone comparing those floods to a little puddle. Oh, it's just a little puddle up there. It's nothing. I mean, it's strange. In fact, it's a bit offensive to say that. Or the war in Ukraine with all the destruction and conflict and suffering over there. It's awful. Imagine someone comparing it to... A, a, a lover's tip. It's a mild disagreement. They're sorting some things out. Again, it's a little offensive to reduce something so significant. But when Jesus compares the horror and the heartbreak and the finality of death to sleep, it's because he's saying he has the power to wake someone from death the way we wake someone from sleep. He's not minimizing our suffering. He's not reducing the severity of death. He's emphasizing the extraordinary vastness of his power and his compassion. 
We know death is a terrible and destructive thing. Jesus knows it. Now, when he arrives in town and he sees Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha, uh, look at what happens there in John 11, verse 32. As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Hear the question, why weren't you here? Why didn't you save him? I don't understand. When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. See, Mary is crying because her brother is gone. The people are crying because one they loved is gone and one they love is suffering. Jesus sees this. It says he's deeply moved in his spirit. He is stirred up within himself. It's a, it's a word that has an edge of anger to it. The grief and the pain and the suffering of death hits Jesus hard. Because he loves us and he knows us. And so he says, where have you put him? Lord, they said, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Again, why have you allowed this to happen? What is going on? But look at that. Jesus wept. Jesus the Lord. Jesus the Son of God. Jesus the one who has power to calm storms, to walk on water, power over evil spirits to cast them out, power over diseases to heal. Jesus the Lord wept. He knows our pain. He knows what it's like to confront suffering and loss and to experience real agony and even death. Yes, death is a terrible, tragic thing, but Jesus has power over death. That's why he said Lazarus was asleep, because he's on his way to go wake him up. Let's keep reading. Verse 38, then Jesus deeply moved again came to the tomb, it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is a stench, because he's already been dead four days. Now, Jesus is deeply moved again, feels very strongly what is happening here. It's, it's this anger, it's this pain, the emotion that death brings. And he says something quite shocking at the graveside, at the tomb, he says, remove the stone, remove the cover, take off the lid, roll back the seal to this tomb. But it's an awkward moment and they're a little alarmed and they're confused and they don't understand what he's saying. They've just spent days caring for their friend's body and washing it and binding it and wrapping it and covering it in spices, perfumes. They've placed it carefully in a tomb, sealed it with a rock. And Jesus says, open it back up again. They're worried about the effects of death on the body. But having rolled the stone away, verse 43, Jesus shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus, who'd been dead for four days, comes out alive. A man who'd been dead, well and truly dead, four days dead. They're worried about the smell. Walks out alive, walks out well, walks out 
fully restored to life. He doesn't just kind of crawl out or roll off the bench. He's just been woken up and he is alive. That's the power of Jesus. That's the power of Jesus' word, the power of his message, the power of his promise and his command. Jesus speaks and the dead come to life. He speaks and death's prison is open. Death's grip is loosened and light and life enter that tomb. And the reason Jesus' word is so powerful is because of who Jesus is. How can he command someone to live again? It's because of who he is. Because before any of this had happened, back in verse 25, Jesus had said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? I am the resurrection and the life, he says. Life is who I am. Resurrection is who I am. Eternal life is who I am and it's what I give. And what all this means is that relationship with Jesus is how to have life. But it also means that life is about having relationship with Jesus. Believing in Jesus, being friends with Jesus is how to have eternal life. But real life Satisfying life is about trusting Jesus, knowing him and his love and power. Because he demonstrates exactly who he is and exactly the power that he offers by speaking a word. And Lazarus comes back to life. So the question for you today, for all of us, is Jesus' question that he just asked, do you believe this? Because I want to show you the response to this astonishingly spectacular miracle. Jesus has performed right there in front of a whole crowd. This wasn't a secret moment. It wasn't done in private. It wasn't something that I heard about that happened a long way away. It was in front of everyone. But if you have a look at verse 45, just after our passage goes on, therefore many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he did, believed in him. But some of them who saw what he did, went to the Pharisees, and told them what Jesus had done. You hear that? No one is denying what Jesus has done. The evidence is undeniable. The resurrection power is unquestionable. No one is saying he didn't do it. No one is saying Lazarus isn't alive. No one is saying Lazarus fainted and held his breath for four days. No one is saying Jesus didn't demonstrate this power. He didn't do this miracle. He didn't work this wonder. They all know he did. But listen to what the religious leaders say in verse 47, what are we going to do since this man is doing many signs? If we let him keep going like this, everyone will believe in him. Hear that? They can't deny his signs. They know he has power. They know he raises the dead, but they don't want to believe in him. It's not about the evidence. There he is in front of them. God in the flesh revealed in all his power. They don't want to believe. Do you believe? There's your choice. You can be like those religious leaders and deny him and remain in death. The alternative is you can believe in Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus. And his promise this Easter, his promise to you, his resurrection is promise that he confirms once and for all in his own death, and resurrection. That's a pretty powerful demonstration. He conquered death. 
This is his promise to you. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. But everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this mighty word. The word of Jesus, your Son, our Lord. The word that brings people back from the dead. The word that pushes back the grave. The word that promises life forever. Father, please help us to put our trust in him. Believe in him, rely on him and to have life. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.